Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Stephanie. Hi, I'm March. Hi, I'm Mitzi. And this is Virtual Hallway, a podcast where we talk about teaching and all things related to that. This week, we're going to go over Zoom office hours, the good, the bad, and the unfortunate. So basically, office hours are this thing in higher ed where a teacher will hold certain times a day where a student can come by and discuss things about the class, get some help or stuff like that. And it's this pretty cool tradition in higher ed, but quarantine changed all that. So what I want to start off with is just hearing, you know, what are you guys' overall impressions of doing office hours remotely since we switched to fall online in the spring? It's just tough, isn't it? I mean, it's just so hard to get the rapport going in the classroom that will maybe drive people or invite people to the face-to-face you know, office hours where I can have like, you know, tamales and I can have candies and jelly beans. Can't have doing any of that now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could order it for your students. You could make them tell you their address, Postmates <laughs> it. I mean, but there's all kinds of FERPA problems there, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just hard because with traditional office hours, students can just sort of casually pop in. They're already on campus, perhaps. And so it doesn't have to be um, it it feels so formal in some ways when we're uh, doing office hours online, because, you know, we have students have to just like with with their online coursework, have to sit down and say, well, I guess I'm going to go to office hours now and then engage in a little bit different way. So I think that there's definitely some challenges on the student end in terms of getting them interested to come into um, virtual office hours. Yeah, especially when there's other options um, in the digital format, right? They can just do a quick email or if they're doing the pronto or even kind of a texting type if that is set up, if the professor has that set up, a lot of times I feel like they'll opt for that rather than have to log in, right, confirm, go through all those steps, and then also be potentially seen on a video with your professor too. Yeah, and and speaking of just that that feeling of a more formal thing suddenly, it's no longer casual like off, real office hours are. Do you guys have the same experience where you'll have office hours and you might get good attendance, but the students sort of just will sit and sort of wait. Like they won't necessarily come with a question or or try to start a discussion. They're kind of just waiting for you to teach even though it's not really a, a teaching traditional moment for that. I wonder if like, because I teach math and you guys are in humanities, right? I, I wonder if like the, um, the culture uh, or the expectation might be a little bit different. Cause you know, what I uh, get is like, hey, you know, do this calculation for me, you know? Yeah. And where it might be different, like with the subject matter that you guys are dealing with, I guess you guys are exploring ideas more deeply. Well, no, I mean, not necessarily more deeply. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, that, that, is, that is interesting. I would almost, in a way, from my personality, I would prefer it if a student had a really specific question just to start off office hours. Um, but I, I find that I have to sort of start asking general questions first till they get the idea that, I'm going to talk to you until you ask me something. So you better ask something. Um, right. I was thinking and just listening to, to Art say that about uh, students coming in with a particular question about a calculation. I was thinking that um, in order to prompt students to come to office hours when they do have questions, um, I'm debating about sending out an announcement in Canvas that says, hey, you know, office hours are coming up. I'm going to, I'll be, you know, available at this time. Um, You might want to come with your questions about your thesis for your research paper or a question about finding another credible source for your research paper. Sort of prompt them 
and then end it with, and of course, if you've got other questions, you're welcome to ask those. But I, I thought that might be a way to generate more interest in attending office hours and coming with questions if I kind of throw some specifics out there about we can have this conversation. Yeah, and I've done a couple office hours where I've made an appointment with the student because we've been going back and forth either through email or through like the Pronto app. And I'm like, you know what, maybe this would help if you saw my face talking to you and talking out this idea or this problem with your paper. And so they'd share the paper with me. We'd do a, an appointment, essentially. We'd have a Zoom office hour and I could talk and gesticulate. And they could see me and we could talk in real time because a lot of times things don't always get translated over over um, a text-based right communication so I've used I've used essentially zoom quote-unquote office hours kind of scheduled office hours as uh, after we've already exhausted sort of the emailing and the going back and forth um, and those have been the most successful because they have a specific question where we've already kind of talked about it now we have to get into it more and it's worked well in that sense yeah, so it's sort of not as open-ended. It's almost like your office hour has a theme yeah, um, and or just a clear purpose. Mm -hmm. and, and it's been individualized. So it's, again, just me and that student one-on-one. -on -one. So it's a little more of an office hour appointment, right, um, rather than the open-ended. Because um, that's another question I had, too, and I hadn't done so much when you're having an open office hour. Um, do you put students in a waiting room so that you kind of protect the privacy, or is it going to be an open and then take them one by one or is it everybody on the zoom call together and everyone kind of shares their ideas that's another question i kind of had in general what you guys do or what would be a best practice for that you know i was wondering like this whole idea like whether it's themed or unthemed because what i'm after is trying to get like a tone so that i can not just uh so i can, so I can have like a, a recurrent um customers students and if i said if i think i figure i think that maybe if i can get to know them a little bit better uh less formal less thematic and just kind of like hey what's going on with you tell me a little bit something about yourself then maybe that will in make them feel more comfortable to come frequently and um i wonder if that if that's if that's a thing that you can really do online Are you saying have a theme like this week on office hours we'll be talking about this and then next week I think I'm just fully explaining the idea that I'm trying to get to know the students and trying to use this space to get them to feel comfortable to come to me regularly. Yeah, I think that that's one thing that we're all missing is just the in-person connection that they kind of are forced to have in a classroom. I, I, I work pretty hard to try to welcome everyone into the Zoom when they come in. I've never had attendance over like 10, you know, would, uh, of course I would love to have that, but I've always been able to say hi to every student. How are you? You know, if you have any questions, you can interrupt me. What, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's better than, than just them sitting silently and listening to me talk, but it is still not the same as what I'm used to or what I'm really trying to do in terms of building a relationship. Yeah. Cause then you then default into, you know, it becoming like, like you said earlier, a lecture and you just talking about a, something with instead of that interaction. Well, I think there's quite a few hurdles though that, that students um, are encountering that cause them to maybe not want to attend um, office hours. And, you know, everything from, like I said, the, the 
the thought that it's, it's a very, um, it's a much more formal process just because of the technology and the distance and all of that. But then when we also get into just the technology, do they have a strong enough internet connection that's going to be able to support a Zoom call? You know, I, I had to buy a new laptop because um, I typically use a Chromebook for all of my, um, most of my work and my Chromebook just could not handle all the Zoom meetings I was attending and eventually wasn't even recognizing my camera so I could go to a Zoom meeting, but I couldn't have my camera on. So um, I'm in a position where I could, I could get a new laptop, but that's, you know, our students aren't necessarily in that same situation. And even just the environment in which they live, there are concerns that students don't want to have their cameras on. And so they may come to an office hour, but if the camera, if the video is required, that may send some students away because they may literally have to be in a closet having a Zoom call. And um, that's, that's really an uncomfortable situation for students to be in. So I think that there are some, some hurdles to, um, that they encounter that maybe we can't easily resolve when we're trying to get them to attend our, our virtual classes or our office hours specifically. That, that gets us into an area I think is really important is just this idea of what are we expecting students to show up to these Zoom meetings with? Are we expecting them to have their cameras on? Do we expect them to speak out loud or are we okay with them typing in the chat? Um, are we okay with students who might not have a specific question but just want to like listen to what everyone else is saying? Um, I think, you know, in general, my, my perspective is I prefer, of course, if a student has their camera on and is engaging, you know, in a back and forth. But I, I agree. I don't think we can expect every student to have, first of all, access to a webcam that can do that or internet that can really support that. Um, but also, you know, it might just be a comfort level thing. I mean, these are the same students who might be shy in class really are not ready to just show themselves to people. I have... Well, I had one student uh, take a proctorial exam and she was sitting on the floor and she was using her bed as a desk. You can see how like something like that, you probably wouldn't feel very comfortable like sharing that or if they have like family walking around in the background. Uh, even though like in the first day though, uh, I did uh, request for everyone. I did, I did get 100% compliance with people turning on their cameras and that was really great. And it just it felt so phenomenal, it just felt like a, a community. And I didn't, I didn't emphasize that going further for those reasons. And then it just kind of lost a lot of its you know, flavor. Yeah, I think you lose something um, when that's not the majority behavior. Um, because eventually people will start saying, oh, I can just mute everything and just sort of, you know, glide through this without feeling, I mean, granted, none of us are going to look at every student's face and say, how dare you have someone in the background? How dare you be sitting <laughs> on the floor, right? We don't care, but, you know, um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough position because we know what works probably best, um, but we also know that that we can't necessarily expect that from every student. And how comfortable? Well, I think also it's... Go ahead, Stephanie. <laughs> and just how comfortable the students are too with showing or sharing their backgrounds with um, right their fellow classmates. So if everyone does have a camera on, um, I think one of our colleagues mentioned that you know she had a student um, in office hours and there. They, their background was they were very obviously and maybe not maybe they were in a closet you know they were they were in an area where it was hard for them and they saw their classmate who has this background they were very in a nicer kind of you know bedroom that was a little more um, you know uh, 
plush. And so they felt that whole time possibly insecure and not really paying attention or absorbing the lecture because they're feeling self-conscious, self-conscious about what their background is or what's going on where they are versus their, their fellow classmates. And then that takes, that's the piece of the purpose because they're not paying attention because they're worried about optics or how they look or that kind of a thing too. It's something to consider. The, the backgrounds themselves can be so distracting. I, I, I'm not going to say that at English department meetings, I was looking at everybody's background and all of the counting <laughs> of cats and dogs that were there. But I, I think that we all sort of do that. We're sort of looking at, you know, oh, what's that on the wall, Chris? So just, you know, I think recognizing um, in terms of equity and access, I think those are, are important issues to consider. What do you guys think? I know that I sometimes when we're in larger, you know, d not department meetings so much, but uh, when I've been in a couple other big meetings or things like that, a lot of people will have a photo on their mute their video mute will just be a picture of them, a still image. What do you guys feel like? Is that a, is that a good like compromise for saying, I do want to see my students, but yeah, see like Art Stewart right now. <laughs> and it looks just like you. I mean, how did you yes. get someone to capture your likeness so effectively? Um, I didn't know that show was based on your life. Um, so, so what do you guys feel like? Is that, is that a good compromise to say, you know, you don't have to show your video, but you do have to have an image or something like that? I think so, especially giving students options, because even with the virtual backgrounds, which I'm, I'm rocking a virtual background right now, <laughs> but even that is, is hard to do because I, I have, and, and even myself having a lot of options, I'm fortunate my husband's a tech guy, we have multiple computers and, you know, my old computer has a stronger camera and my brand new one I, I, can't, I couldn't get a virtual background on my brand new one. It would just be all fuzzy. Um, and even though that's a newer laptop. So you have to have actually pretty good equipment to even do the virtual backgrounds, I've noticed. So even having like students who want to cover their backgrounds may not be able to because of lack of equipment. Um, but I like that idea of, okay, if you're not comfortable being on video, having you know a selfie or a picture, an image that represents you, you know, come up so we're not all talking to black boxes. Yeah, and going back, Art, when you said you, you did ask everyone to turn their cameras on for the first, and this is, was this for an office hour or was this for your synchronous class meeting? This was uh, my first day of my synchronous class meeting. So when, how did you phrase that? Did you put it in your syllabus? Was it... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, uh, you know, the first day everyone's like, you know, walking on eggshells. And so no one really knows what to expect. Do they have the mean mm -hmm. teacher? Do they have the night teacher such? So I just kind of like, um, I just, I don't even remember. It was, I, it was it a forceful request. It was the kind of request where they're like, well, I don't know. I'm so I, I best I, I better follow what he's asking. Sure. Yeah. So it was probably something like, I'd like everyone to turn on their cameras, right? Uh, yeah. something, something along those lines, and then they felt like, well, they, I don't know if this guy's going to kick me out or whatever, so I better do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the, sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead, Missy. The other point I just wanted to make, too, is that I can, I can see how a student might want to not have their camera on so that they can concentrate more on what they're seeing and hearing, because if they're distracted by, oh, gosh, how do I look? Or, you know, are people judging me? Like, I, I could see for myself as a student, that would maybe be distracting. And if I just turn my camera off, I may be more inclined to actually be more engaged with my camera off 
because then I can focus on what the instructor is, is talking about or the questions that my classmates are answering um, without being distracted by self, you know, being self-conscious about how I look on camera. So I think that that's another way of sort of looking at it, that if students want to keep their camera off at times, that may be helpful in supporting them in, in being engaged. And the, the other point too, I think, is that um, students are engaged in a lot of different ways. And so we may find that a student could come to office hours. I think, Chris, you mentioned that about having students to just sort of lurked in the background. And um, those students may be getting quite a lot out of hearing the questions that other students may be asking and your responses, even if they're not chiming in. Um, I think that there's real value there. And just because a student kind of listens in the background and doesn't chime in, doesn't mean they're not engaged and doesn't, you know, I think that we should encourage that to happen, um, just like we would see in, in a, a live classroom as well. So I just want to make that point that, that I, I, I don't want to get too hung up on judging their engagement based on their camera being on or their facial expression during, or their questions are asking during office hours. That's a fair point. Sorry, go ahead, Art. Well, I can say, especially if you have a 7 a.m. class. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, there's, there's, there's just a lot of issues. I mean, how many of us are fully dressed for any of these meetings? Uh, you know, what, what if, you know, how many of us have kids running in and out of the background, right? I mean, there's a lot of reasons, and I think you're exactly right. I, uh, I'll have a couple office hours where maybe there's five or six people we're sort of discussing things, talking, um, and one or two people aren't really uh, interacting directly, but I, I do think that they're getting valuable information. I don't necessarily judge that they're not paying attention or anything. Um, the, the, the part that is, is frustrating for me is when that is everyone in the office hour. Um, and, you know, once again, I'm not necessarily putting this on the student. I think there's things I could probably do to make the environment better for that student. But you're exactly right. Um, and I think uh, when it comes to, you know, us looking and saying, like, are you paying attention by, is, are you facing your camera or something like that, that that's kind of silly. We don't really need to worry about that, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree. I say, Miss Day, I really liked your point, especially that this idea of engagement looks differently. And it's something that you know, we've talked a lot about in work when we're in the classroom, right, in person and lecturing and things that we have to think about, but it just translating that into the um, virtual format is the same, you know, yeah, engagement looks different and to give students, I think, options and being aware of that. And, and there to be definitely... fair, a lot, of stu a lot of students have not done this before. They've not done a lot of video conferencing. And I think that, that there's, a, there's a learning curve and there's a comfort level. And I mean, there's a comfort level for, for teachers too, right? Yeah. But there's, it, it, it's a different kind of engagement and they may be used to um, you know, FaceTiming with their friend, but this is a different animal. It's for school, it's multiple people. It's just like in discussion forums, you know, when students are first using discussion forums, they um, often need instruction on how to engage in an academic discussion forum as opposed to engaging on social media because it feels so similar. And I think we're seeing some of that um, that learning curve here where students are just not accustomed to um, these ver these video conferences with multiple people. I would hope that down the road um, they will be more experienced and more comfortable with this, but you know, who knows, who knows what down the road looks like, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. During the switchover, I mean, it's, it was just a free for all in spring, you know, it was total chaos, whatever was making them show up and try was fine. And now in summer, I think we're seeing things be a little more formalized and solidifying. And hopefully in fall, 
will have a little bit more of a grasp on it, but it's not going to be the same. Handspring. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The foreseeable future. I mean. Yeah. Or have we have we heard? Uh, is spring going to be I online? Is that a thing we know yet? Uh, there's a community college up in Northern California who's already just decided. And there usually it usually is a domino effect when one decides. It yeah. Um, yeah. LACCD is doing I think spring. So. My uh, my Chrome just crashed, but I'm good. Okay, so actually, this this also gets to another interesting thing. So, um, we know some of the reasons why students might not feel comfortable sharing their camera, or why they might not be speaking up. And actually, there's also some some equity issues here because students from certain backgrounds might have been socialized to not speak first. They might have been socialized to you know not ask a question in front of other people. Right, I think so. So we should keep these in mind. A student might not be participating, not because they don't care, not because they're not paying attention, but because their life experience has sort of taught them to participate or not participate in that way. Um, but one thing I definitely want to hear is, you know, we talked about some things we could do to increase participation or increase, you know, attendance in our office hours and stuff like this. What do you guys think are some of the the good things to keep in mind for us to do when we have these? Like, does it matter what we wear? Does it matter what's in our background? Does it matter um, if our video camera is on? Stuff like that. What do you guys think? I think as far as our video camera on, I think that's more important. I think they, that's the whole, one of the main benefits of doing this is they can see us talking and talking to them because um, that's something that we lose in the asynchronous uh, model you know, when it comes to online. So I think having our video on is important. And I've thought about this too, like how you want to you want to strike that balance of professional and, right, you can come to me, I have the answers, but also uh, casual or laid back, you know what I mean? Like not to, so that they feel comfortable if, yeah. you know, if you know, children running around in their background, if I have children running around in my background, is that professional, is that unprofessional or, or acceptable and casual and makes them feel welcome, right? Like that's sort of the questions too that I have. I think some of those things really help to humanize us, right? So if if they see, you know, that our kid is interrupting us or, you know, our animal or whatever, um, it might be interrupting the, or our, um, our internet may not be stable. I mean, all of those things um, humanize us. And I think that that helps with that connection with our students sometimes. I mean, I wouldn't do that intentionally, but I, I agree. I think striking that balance, balance of being professional and also being welcoming um, can be really tricky. I will say that one thing I think we should be mindful of is our background in the sense of, for, for example, I don't have a swimming pool at my home, but if I did have a swimming pool at my home, I would not have office hours by the pool. I think that would not be a very kind background for my students to see. I, you know, I mean, I think that would not be kind. So in that sense, I think <laughs> our backgrounds should matter. Or so, we're like at the beach. We're like having office hours right. at the beach. Or, yeah. So, so, I, so I shouldn't have my beer while I'm doing office hours? <laughs> Hide it in a water bottle, Art. Well, I think it depends on the brand. I mean, you know. <laughs> this is Red Hook Brewery, by the way. Okay, so see, know, that's, a, that's a little, yeah. That's an ivory tower beer, you know, get like a Modelo or a, or a Miller Lite BL, you'll be fine. Or just I mean, get a White Claw and be like the kids today, right? Oh, yeah. There you go. 
Hey, I'm cool, kids. Here's my skateboard. I was going to say that uh, I'm thinking, because I don't know about, uh, you know, your discipline, but in math, we have such, you know, uh, really high attrition rates. Um, the whole idea of trying to build commitment um, in, in the space that we have, I, I'm, I'm thinking now, just in this discover conversation we're having here, is like, why don't I consider like making the camera mandatory for the office hours, but not necessarily for the classroom? You know what I'm saying? I mean, we will have a little bit, uh, a small amount of space there to kind of build rapport, get to know each other, you know, because I only, I never get more than five people. I like that idea a lot, Art. <clears throat> yeah, I do too, especially since, yeah, there's the sustained amount of time and again, how engagement looks differently in, in a classroom setting, right? So if you're doing the synchronous classroom, not requiring the video on, because again, there may be issues, especially having it on for that long or, right? But requiring it in the office hours. Yeah, and I think there, there's also more leeway just in terms of contract or what, what we're allowed to require um, during office hours versus during a, a required asynchronous um, lesson. Mm -hmm. And and Art, what do you think about, uh, aside from your, your, your beverage choice, what do you think about, uh, you know, what you should wear, what should be in your background, all that kind of stuff? Do you have any, do you, do you really think about it? Well, I have a 7 a.m. class, so no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm lucky to simply put my hoodie on and a, and, a, and a cap, and I'm like, I'm ready to rock and roll. Like, all right, uh, what the hell are we doing today? <laughs> you know, I have these activities set, but it's still like the first five minutes, I'm just waking up. Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, I suppose ideally, yeah, sure. Me, me wearing a tie, yeah, it'll build a certain tone, uh, it, but it, it would be a tone that I... I do wear ties and, and, and dress up in at work, but in this space, it's just, I don't know. Maybe I should. Or having that combination, you know, yeah, you're maybe in the hoodie, but you're very obviously right now in a, your office, like your home office, which is a, a level of professionalism. But then you've got the hoodie, which is that, you know, mix of the casual. So maybe there's this idea of maybe having your background and your attire the opposite to like convey both messages rather than if you were you know if you were very professional if you have a very uh you know strict professional background and the suit and tie maybe it'd be too much yeah your virtual background is the parthenon and then you're wearing you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your master's robes um yeah no i think i think and 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 oh there you go oh, yeah it happened uh, there you go and to be i'm fair, sorry too. what were you saying yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, to I be think fair too, we're in it. We're in the middle of a pandemic, right? So these are unusual yeah. circumstances. If we're if we're still conducting um, office hours virtually, or or having some um, some Zoom classes down the line once you know this is behind us, that's a little bit different situation than what we're dealing with right now. We're still, you know, I mean, these are still just crazy times. So it's it's a different animal. Yeah, it's still triage. I think as as long as we don't have any like open wounds or anything, we're probably good. <laughs> um, Thanks for that visual, Chris. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, so no, I think I mean especially like the first week, I'll wear like I'll wear a button-up shirt. That's that's the level of of dressing differently I do. Um, but I think there's also just this element of of insanity to dressing like in a three-piece suit you know, for a Zoom call, I, you know, I think it's good, you know, I you probably don't wear, you know, nothing, probably, you know, don't, don't stand up if you're not wearing pants, you know, all that good stuff, but, um, 
but yeah, no, I think, and, and you know, if uh, for those at the home audience, you might not be able to see this, but everyone in this room, you, I think you guys are dressed, you know, in a way that's totally acceptable, professional, nothing's, nothing's crazy, nothing's distracting. Um, and it's not necessarily, you know, traditionally, you know, business casual or anything, but it's, it's totally fine. And, uh, and let's go ahead and say bye to Art. Uh, last, last, last point though, is like, I really shouldn't worry too much about how I dress considering I have a colleague who um, comes to school every day in like shorts and sandals and takes out his sandals when he lectures. So. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, Lars, I yeah. think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta get back to my class. They're waiting for me. All right, thanks, Thank you for the invite, this is fun. So, um, you know, I think we talked about pretty much everything. I guess what we can do is we can go over a few summative things. I, I would like to hear a couple horror stories if you got them, though. For, straight from the trenches, any big disasters for office hours or any big disasters on Zoom? I haven't had any really big disasters, but I haven't had a high-level participation. So I've heard stories from colleagues of big disasters, but mm. I don't have any to speak of myself. I don't have any big horror stories either, um, but then again, I am primarily conducting um, sort of synchronous office hours via Poncho with the like um, appointment Zoom option. Mm. So my uh, my um, office hour Zooms have been by appointment with the student one on one. Um, I have not ventured into just logging in and just sitting there and waiting and having students come or not. It's more of we're on pronto talking um, async or sorry synchronously for the office hour and then um, if we need more going to zoom so I don't have many horses they've been pretty successful like I said they've been very structured because they were there were stuff we just couldn't um, really answer or do over text and internet well, that's a huge disappointment. Um, I haven't had any <laughs> big. Oh no, it's not. I mean, I'm a disappointment too because you know my, you know, one time I had a student who couldn't figure out how to mute and unmute, and thought they were muted when they weren't, and were muted when they thought they weren't. So they were using all kinds of colorful language with their friend who was around. So <laughs> I just had to mute them, but it wasn't that bad. Um, and then I've had a few students who. Um, were, you know, using their phones to log into the Zoom from the hospital or from work, you know, wow. you know, unusual, yeah. nothing horrible, but um, so I think, you know, I think I, ha I have heard some somewhat horrific things, uh, but, and sometimes in the chat, people forget that they're, they're typing in the chat and not into a search bar in Google, so you'll find out what they're actually looking for um, or what they would like to do while they're in the Zoom with you. And that's sort of unfortunate sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, the last couple things is, um, what do you guys feel about recording it and sharing it later? Is that something you would do? I know, Stephanie, you do a slightly different version. So I would imagine you don't record and share those one-on-ones. Correct. Um, I think if you're doing a one-on-one, -on -one, no recording and sharing. And I think a big part of it is communication up front and saying, okay, during these times for my office, for our office hours, it is open access. It will be recorded. Just letting them know up front, you will be talking. Your other, you know, your classmates will see and hear you. So, or, you know, that is, it is, it's not a private, right, situation. Um, so I think if you're, if you're presenting the office hours that way, then recording it is a good because then you can put it up um, for those who couldn't make it and can also benefit, again, looking at engagement in a, in a different way. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that. And I think, I think absolutely students would need to know that going into it. But if, you know, if we were doing an, holding an office hour, just focused on questions relating to writing your research paper, for example, and this will be recorded, I think that would be really beneficial, but definitely one-on-one -on -one or more specific um, questions that students might have that, that probably I wouldn't record. Um, just, it, I think it depends a bit. I would be curious though, if I, if I told students that this week's office hour is going to um, primarily be focused on this particular topic, you know, drop in, ask your questions, and we'll be recording it um, to share with the rest of the class. I, I'm curious if that would cause some students to not ask the same questions or to not participate at the same level, knowing that they were going to be recorded. I don't know the answer to that. That's just something that would be, I would be curious to see the outcome. It is, it is an interesting point. Uh, my experience is that I record every office hour, but I don't necessarily publish or give them access to all of them. Or, you know, for example, every now and then in an office hour, I'll be alone with one other person for 15 minutes or so. And we'll talk about unrelated things or every now and then a student will say something that's more personal that really shouldn't be shared with the rest of the class. Mm -hmm. So I'll just edit that out. And in the Zoom, it's really easy to set when it starts and ends in Zoom. Uh, when it gets published. So, so I've done where, you know, I'll, if there's a productive class related conversation, I'll upload that portion. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't take too much time. Uh, but then the, the other side of that is that I have uploaded several this semester in summer. And what I see is a lot of students ask me to upload the office hour, um, but then very few actually view it. <laughs> so, oh. um, and then also too, would they if they know? Oh, it's being recorded. I can always access it later, and then they just don't show up for the office right. hour. So I'm not sure it's so much a disincentive as it is wishful thinking. You know, it's sort of like we're always more productive in our mind, or yeah. when we plan for the future, yeah. than ourselves will really be. So, so you know, I think it's good to record. I think it's good to give them access, but it depends on you know a lot of things. If a student is sharing something personal with you, we never want that to be. Um, uploaded uh, and stuff like that. But the good news is you can even upload a portion of an office hour. You know, that stuff's not a problem. It would have been five or six years ago. You would have had to have like separate editing software, but nowadays it's really easy. Um, so I think we've gone through, you know, most of this stuff. What do you guys think? What are, are there any, you know, closing thoughts you have about Zoom office hours? Are you going to change anything for fall? I, I am. I think I'm going to try the open-ended, open access, right? Like, because like I said, I was doing the sort of pronto synchronous for office hour times and then Zoom options. Um, I might, especially with personally for um, for fall, things hopefully with, with children and my, my life in the background <laughs> will be a little more um, structured so I can definitely have better ideas of what times that I can sit down and um, work with, right? with that. So I'd like to try the open office hour on Zoom. Um, I'm thinking I would do uh, a virtual background, but dress kind of casually, right? <laughs> I <Yeah>. would. <laughs> uh, so the combination, like we said, uh, not have waiting rooms and um, but let them know, right, that it'll be that everyone will be talk, like seeing each other and you'll be hearing your classmates. Require that if they aren't on video that they at least have to have some picture up, that it can't just be the black box with their name. Um, and I'm thinking too, maybe structure wise, starting the first three to five minutes with just a little 
review of whatever, having a theme or a topic, and then having, so maybe really structuring out the time, like for that hour, let's say, um, on a particular day, like, all right, this particular office hour, we will be talking about the research paper. I will talk for three to five minutes about general stuff they need to know. Then um, uh, those people who may be brought, I'll request students to bring either what they're working on, a focus question, if we're at that stage, their thesis maybe, we'll work on, we'll work on those, and then maybe a section or block of time of just open-ended, okay, any question you have about the, the class in general, questions you have about open-ended questions toward the end and having like a very regimented like schedule and trying that seeing see what happens <laughs> I like I like it you've got that really planned out um, I think for me I'm teaching summer session right now so I I would like to um, try the appointment model like you were mentioning Stephanie as perhaps I've been talking about the research paper as we are working on the research paper um, I think I'm going to try to uh, schedule students to come in to talk about the research paper a bit to um, to make sure that they're supported in that way but in the fall I'm going to be teaching dual enrollment classes in the fall so I will have all high school students um, which I've done before and you know my backgrounds um, in high school education as well so I, I've worked with teenagers a long time but it is a little bit different animal so I think what I'm going to try in the fall is to really incentivize getting them to office hours early on and I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet I hate to make it a requirement and I I don't want to make it extra credit so maybe I'll do something some kind of optional credit um, to show up to office hours in the first week or two and maybe require them to ask a question. Um, and uh, no high school students, those questions will likely not be related to the content or writing or anything about the class. Um, but, but again, with high school students, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. You know, if they're going to ask me, you know, how my cat bacon is, that's fine. I will tell them. Um, but he's, he's also gained weight in the quarantine like the rest of us. Um, but I, I really want to incentivize them early on because I, I want to build that rapport with them and, and also guide them through that, that process of video conferencing and, and what, that's, what that is like since they're not super familiar with it. So that's really my plan is early on to get them involved in that way. And I also plan to have more office hours time slots so that there's some flexibility as to when they come in and also so they have smaller groups because eventually I'm going to want them to um, work together in small groups with in, in Zoom breakout rooms and that sort of thing. So this sort of gets that process started a little bit um, and gets them comfortable. The question about having their video camera on, I, I like that idea of um, have the video camera on, but if you want to put the, you know, the picture um, or Bitmoji or whatever that you've got, um, then that would be okay too. And even having students come to office hours and incentivizing them with asking a question, I think the first time I would be okay with them putting it in the chat or asking it verbally and then mm -hmm. sort of building on that um, as we move forward. But that's really my plan um, for the fall, which is, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm also teaching summer and I was gonna kind of try out a couple different models too. Um, uh, for that I'm thinking for fall, but that also, well, one of the two things, um, one of the things you can maybe consider doing is if they do come to an office hour, dropping their lowest quiz or dropping their lowest discussion post or something. So it's not ne necessarily extra credit, but there is an incentive or bonus. It's like if you come- That's a great idea. I like that. And, um, and then also too, 
that brings me back to the question of, okay, if you have, let's say, you know, four hours for the week or five hours for the week, do you do one hour increments once a day? Do you do 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, right? Like, like how to break it up? Because again, there's that idea of when is the best time, which I know was one of the questions we had too, what's, when's the best time of day to hold office hours? And I feel like that it's, it's just, there is no best time, right? Because our, our students, you know, all of our, our schedules are so crazy. It, you know, for some students, it could be the weekends, for some the evenings, for some mornings. So I'm wondering if, you know, of course, if we're able to, you know, vary those hours, 30-minute morning, like a 30-minute morning, a 30-minute evening, a 30-minute weekend, of course, that puts more, another layer for not us too. But another thing too, I'm going to try and maybe play with or think about I, I was thinking the same for that same question. I think what I'm going to do for my um, my questionnaire in the fall, because I always do a you know first day questionnaire. That's a question I'm going to drop into the questionnaire. Is um, if we you know what what are the best times for office hours? If you were to to want to come into office hours or need to come into office hours, what would be the best times? And that way, and, and give them some slots. Like I'm I'm not going to hold office hours on a Friday night at 9 p.m. That's just me. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So that would not be one of the options. So I, I'm thinking of, you know, having maybe 10 options, pick the top three that, um, that would work best for you and your schedule. And they're not committing to it, but that at least gives me an idea of, you know, well, okay, the majority of my, my students are um, working um, in the mornings during the week. So those are not good times to have office hours. Um, they're going to want more evening office hours, that sort of thing. I think that would be helpful. Yeah, the, the times are always a struggle because you're never going to get everybody's perfect, you know, because um, I think, you know, based on what I see in my Canvas Shelby activity, I think the best time for office hours would be 10, 11 p.m. Yeah, right. um, but I, yeah, I I don't have it in me to, to stay up late anymore. So, yeah, um, so I, yeah, so I, you know, I think, but I think those are all great plans. I'm, I'm getting a lot of good ideas just listening to this. I think, I think the, the big takeaway for me is really something you mentioned, Mitzi, is just having like a little, today's office hour might have this theme or this question as its focus, but then we can go off in any direction. And Stephanie, like you were saying, have a little bit of a plan, maybe the beginning of the office hour, or maybe like, you know, we're going to start off with five minutes of of just going over, you know, in-text citations, and then after that, ask me whatever you want. And that way, too, um, the students can maybe drop in. It's like, oh, I kind of want the review. I don't really have a question, but I'll drop in for the first five for that review and then out. And then the next person is like, I'll just wait until maybe the later half because I have a specific question that's not about the research paper. And maybe that gives them options, too. Sure. And I think, I think one other thing is thinking about incentivizing office hours is going to end up being really important because we know that if a student comes to the office hour, they're gonna do better. It's just the way it goes. Um, but at the same time, depending on if our class is listed as synchronous or asynchronous in the fall, we have limited authority to require it or to attach points to it. So one of the things we talked about in the 1AS committee is that you could make it for points if you allow them to, for example, you have to come to three office hours throughout the semester or something like that. Um, you can do it like that, or you can say that one office hour, or you take a quiz. So two things that both get you the same credit, and office hour is one of them. Um, so, you know, we have options, but it's always going to be a tough balancing act, that's for sure. 
I was thinking too of another another incentive after Stephanie um, mentioned um, dropping a lowest quiz or dropping a discussion or something like that. The other um, the other incentive that I just thought of as we were speaking that I really like is the idea of giving them a late pass for a quiz or reaction paper, um, yeah. which I don't normally yeah. do. I do a late pass for the essays, but I don't do late passes for those. And I I have to say, um, I digress, but in spring when the world went crazy, um, I stopped um, preventing students from turning in late work and I stopped penalizing them for turning in late work. And it was one of the most fascinating experiences of my career um, because the world did not come crashing down because students were turning in late work. And um, so I've been really rethinking that um, policy. And um, so this would be another way to sort of give them a little bit of grace when they need a little extra time. Um, and so that would, I think would be a, a really great incentive to say, hey, you know, you can get a late pass for a reaction paper. So you get a couple of days if you need it or something along those lines. So I think that would be helpful as well. But those, those different incentives, I really like that, those ideas to, um, to try to get them engaged and, and showing up to office hours. Awesome, well, I think this wraps up our fantabulous extraordinary magnificent first episode guys thank you so much stephanie mitzi thanks to art who's not even here we could say anything about him now Um, see you next time you filthy animals